You're listening to the City Church Downtown Podcast. Hey, City Church, how are we doing today, man? Good. Awesome to see you guys here today. And, you know, I want to extend a special welcome to those of you that are guests with us or those of you that uh, perhaps a friend invited you to come to church or uh, maybe you heard us on The Beat 98.5 and you're like, you're listening to Drake and then you hear Doug and you're like, what the heck? I'll go to that church. Um, And you may not even have a relationship with God yet or you're uh, just trying to figure out if God is for real and legit. Um, We hope that you can come and kind of experience God at your own pace and, and uh, learn about the things of, of his word and all of that. Well, today uh, I invited a friend to come and uh, kind of teach us today. He's the author of this book. It's called The Cilantro Diaries, Business Lessons from uh, the Most Unlikely Places. And it, even though it's a fa- fantastic book, this book is not the reason that I invited Lorenzo to come and teach us today. I invite him because he's been a good friend to me for many years. Um, his dad is my welding teacher. And some of you know I like to make these silly little steampunk things like this podium and all of that. And uh, Lorenzo's dad helps me to do that. And so to thank Lorenzo for coming to teach us today, I, I built him this little steampunk lamp today. And the reason I did that uh, was because it kind of represents our friendship. You know, I had to grind this thing down uh, to make it look like this. And the Bible teaches us about friendships, like iron sharpens iron, so one friend sharpens another, right? And there have been times throughout our relationship where my light has started to grow dim. You ever get discouraged and you have those friends in your life that come and kind of brighten your light again and encourage you in the Lord. And that's definitely been what Lorenzo has been in my life. And so I thank God for him. So in light of that, would you guys give a rowdy City Church downtown welcome to my good friend, Lorenzo Gomez. So let me pray for Lorenzo before we continue with the service. Father, thank you so much for... Lorenzo Gomez and what he's doing to restore this great city and create jobs. And Father, we know that restored buildings don't do any good if they're filled up with jacked up people. And so Lord, I pray that you'd use this teaching to give us a sense of purpose in what your kingdom of love is all about. And so would you anoint and enable and empower Lorenzo as he fires up his teaching gift to communicate to us today. And we pray all these things in the powerful name of Jesus, everyone said, amen. Amen. Thank you, Doug. All right, City Church, how are you? Can we get a round of applause for the band? How awesome are those guys? So I'm very thankful for Doug's uh, steampunk uh, lamp that he made for me. And I got to tell you that selfishly, I think that he owes me this lamp. And I'll tell you why. We were on a trip once, and uh, I realized that Doug had not seen a certain movie. And I said, Doug, this is the most spiritual, theological movie you've ever not seen. And you need to watch it right now, and it's called Nacho Libre. And so (laughs) I am the reason that Doug has seen Nacho Libre. And I just want to say, you're welcome, City Church, okay? And I feel like I deserve an extra mansion in heaven for that. So, uh, so let's dive in. I want to show you today and I want to talk to you about how to love your city. Um, it's a topic that's really near and dear to my heart. I didn't ever realize that I, I never thought I would be a guy talking about cities, um, but it's funny how God works. And so before we begin, I want to submit this big idea to you. And the big idea is that I believe that God wants you to love your city and he wants to use you to love your city 
exactly where you are. I think a lot of people think that they have to go the route that Doug went and go into the ministry, that they need to become a missionary and go to Africa. But God wants to use you right where you are in whatever you're doing to help love this city. And I want to submit a couple of ideas that I hope you'll take home with you. And so before we do that, um, we're going to jump into the book of Isaiah. This is a scripture that's been really important in my life in the last uh, couple of years. And so I want to dive in and read it to you and then we'll unpack it. This is Isaiah 6, chapter 6, verses 1 through 8. In the year that King Isaiah died, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. And, with, and above him were seraphs, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, and with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And at the sound of their voices, the doorposts and the thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphs flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongues from the altar. And with it, he touched my mouth and said, see, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sins atoned for. And then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here am I, send me. This verse is one of my favorites. This story is one of my favorites. And I was never really an Old Testament guy, so this is a new thing for me. And I think this story wants to teach you three things. I think there's three takeaways here. The first one is, I believe God wants to change how you see him. He wants to change the way you see him as an entity. And I think that God also wants to change the way that you see your work, the way you see your job and your occupation. Whether you're a student or whether you work full-time or part-time, I believe God wants to change it. And then I think, or I know, that he wants to change this city and he wants to use you to do it exactly where you are. And so let's start unpacking this. I wanna unpack the first bullet point. And it's that God wants to change the way you see him. And I think that when I was reading this verse and I was meditating on it, I was very humbled and ashamed because if I'm really honest with myself, my entire life, I did not view God the way Isaiah did. And if I'm really honest with myself, I viewed God I viewed God in the way that this next picture portrays. And it's one of my favorites. It's Alfred the Butler from Batman. That's what I thought God was, okay? I thought God was a really cool older white guy with a British accent, right? And he had some pithy lines, uh, but he was really there to serve me. He was there to fix the Batmobile when it was broken, but it wasn't for me to serve God. This was the image that I had of God my entire life. It was a God that was useful only to my selfish purposes, right? That is the God that I had in my head. The next image of God that I had was this next picture, which is Santa Claus, right? And I thought that if I could live my life and I could stay off the naughty list and I could be on the nice list and I did all the right things and said all the right prayers, that God had to give me every single thing that was on my Christmas list, okay? That was a God that I had serving me. I had all these things that I wanted in my life and God was just this ATM and I was trying to punch the right code going, what is this thing? Spit out all the money, give it to me, right? But you go to this verse and Isaiah paints this whole different picture of what it is to see God and it absolutely changed him. And he, he sees this God who is seated on a throne, seated on a throne, high and exalted and his train filling the temple when I was doing my research, you look at this word temple, and the Hebrew word that's used here is also the word used to describe a palace. 
And so here in this verse, you have Isaiah painting this picture of a God who's both a king and both a high priest. And I realize that this is not the God that I saw. You know, one of the great, the many problems with my life, my adult life, was when I did things by myself, it was always a complete disaster. And when I saw this God and I read this text, I realized that I was, when I was trying to do it by myself, I was trying to do God's job for him. But God is not in heaven thinking, oh my God, the Lorenzo situation is so out of control. Who was on Lorenzo duty, right? We leave that guy alone for five minutes and he makes a wreck of his life. The God that Isaiah saw is absolutely in control. And I, want to hope, I hope today that I could paint a picture of him for you. So the second bullet point that I wanna get to is that I believe God wants you to see your work differently, what you do for your career. And so we go to this middle part of the story and it's a little bit weird because in this part of the story, you have Isaiah saying some weird things. He's like, I'm a man of unclean lips. I live among a people of unclean lips. And this angel flies to this fire, grabs a coal and touches his mouth. And it's all kind of weird. What is going on? Well, in my study of this scripture, all of the Hebrew commentators will tell you that the key words in this section is unclean lips. And Isaiah said, I am a man of unclean lips. What did he mean? Well, I realize what it means, and it's this. Isaiah was a prophet, which means that his mouth was his job. It was his occupation. He used his lips and his mouth to make a living. And the day that he walked into the temple on this day, he realized that everything he had done for his career and his job was wrong. Everything that he thought about it was the wrong way to think about it. And he was absolutely crushed by this. And when I saw this, I too realized that I was a man of unclean lips. And that in my career, I only wanted a God to give me the things that I wanted. I wanted the career. I wanted the money. I wanted the job title. I wanted all these things. And I wanted God to fall in line with what I wanted. And I read this and I realized I'm a man of unclean lips. The other thing that I realized in this verse is that I looked and introspected my life, and at the time that I started meditating on this verse, it was a very, really dark time in my life. Um, And at the time when I was reading this, I had just gone through a divorce. I had bought this really old house uh, that was really old and crappy. And uh, and my mom was like, why did you buy an old house? You're not handy, you can't fix anything. And I said, I know, mom, I'm gonna make it great. And at the time, I was sleeping on a mattress on the floor. I had a faucet that ants would come out of the the shower head. And I was meditating on this verse, and I realized that this really showed the problem of my life. You know, in my life, I've struggled with addiction. I've struggled with anger. I've struggled with fear and anxiety. And Isaiah paints this picture that I want to show. It's just an artist's rendering of of what he might have saw. And I sat there in my depression in my mattress on the floor, and I thought, this is the problem of my life, is that I don't see God the way that Isaiah saw him. Because if I saw God the way that Isaiah saw him, how could I be afraid? If I saw the God that Isaiah saw, how can I be anxious every day? Because that God is in charge. And I hope to submit this idea to you. Have you seen the God that Isaiah saw? I hope that you will. I wanna jump to the next part of this because we're gonna get into some awesome stories. The last thing I want to show you is how God is gonna change the city through you. And so at the end of this story, This whole weird thing plays out and God asks the question and he says, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And Isaiah says, here am I, send me. The funny thing about this story is that 
Later in in the chapter, you hear the actual job description because God didn't give it to him. And the job description was horrible. He said, Isaiah, I want you to go out and preach and henceforth, no one's ever gonna listen to you and they're gonna ignore your advice. And I thought, oh my God, I would have failed that test. I would have been like, God, don't send me, send someone else, please. But Isaiah went. And so I wanna show you now three stories. And I wanna dive into these stories and show you what I think that it means for God to use someone to change their city. And so let's dive in. This first story is about a man that I know that I love very dearly. And this story is how he changed his neighbor, how God used him to change his neighborhood. And in this next picture, you'll see this man. This is my father, Daniel Gomez. And there's a couple things you need to know. The first is that he wears sweaters absolutely better than I do. He's much more suave. But the second thing is that for about 40 to 45 years, my father was an x-ray technician. And if you were lucky enough to get sent to my father, not only was he gonna give you a healthy dose of radiation, but he was gonna shoot you in the face with two double barrels of you need Jesus Christ in your heart. Every single person that ever went to him, he preached the gospel to. And one day after 40 years, he retired from x-ray and I started to get really worried and I thought, oh my God, what's Pop's gonna do? I don't want him to lose his sense of purpose and mission. But here's the thing. My God, my father had seen the God that Isaiah saw. And he and my mother went one day to Lowe's and they bought some paint and some plywood and they built this crazy sign in their kitchen. And it was the start of a new ministry my father was gonna start in retirement. And I wanna show you a picture of it. This new ministry was called drive Through Coffee and Prayer. And every day on the corner of West Avenue in Fresno at his church, he sits in a parking lot with some Folgers coffee and a folding table with the deacons and they're waiting for people to pray for. And it's the coolest thing I've ever seen. He told me once that a young man came up to him and he said, today I'm gonna go see the judge and I'm gonna get sentenced for my crimes. Will you pray for me? He told me once that this couple came and they said, we're going to the emergency room because my wife is pregnant and we can't hear the heartbeat of a baby anymore. And we think, we think the baby's died. And so my dad prayed over them. And three weeks later, this couple comes back holding a healthy baby. But my favorite, we can clap for that, absolutely. Let's go to the next picture. But my favorite story is my dad said he was chilling one day in his folding chair and this car drove by. And as the truck drove by, they rolled down the window and someone just screamed, pray for me. And then they drove off. And my dad is a much better person than I am because I would not have prayed for them. If you're too lazy to go through the drive-thru, you do not deserve prayer, right? But my dad's a much better person. And my dad says, Lord, we don't know what their problem is, but you know, but I'd help them, pow. And I just thought, man, I could not do that. But here's what I love about this story is that God wants to love the city and God had a plan for that neighborhood. He had a plan for every one of those people. And so the God of heaven, the God that Isaiah saw, looked at that neighborhood and he said, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I'm so glad that my father said, here am I, send me. The next story I wanna tell you, I don't know if it's cooler, but it's definitely as cool. It's the story of two people I know and how God used them to change the lives of students in public school. And so I wanna show you a picture of these two dear friends of mine. The woman on the left is named Jennifer Maestas. Her and her husband go to this church. Uh, they're awesome people. And the guy on the right is a state representative named, named Diego Bernal. And Jennifer Maestas has had an amazing public school career. She served like 17 years as an educator. Um, and Diego Bernal was a civil rights attorney who became city councilman and then is now a state rep. 
And so when Diego Bernal became state rep, he did something that no politician had ever done. He decided to visit every single school in his, in his area. That never had been done before. Jennifer Maestas was the principal of an elementary school in the poorest zip code in all of Bear County. And she hears that Diego Bernal is coming. And so she gets all the teachers together and they roll out this whiteboard. And she writes the top, the two lists of the top problems that every one of her elementary school kids face every day. It was academic and non-academic. And Diego Bernal rolls into this school and he sees this whiteboard that I'm gonna show you. He actually took a picture of it and he was absolutely blown away. Rather than read the whole list, I just wanna point you to the top left. Food insecurity, 100 plus. And what Jennifer Maestas told Diego Bernal that day was that in her elementary school, over 100 kids every day came to school without enough food to eat. And Diego Bernal said, this is absolutely shocking. There's no way this is true, right? She once told me this, sorry, she once told me this story that because of the state law at the time, she was prohibited from using any food that was left over that was still good. She told me once that she had to throw away 700 fresh apples. No one had eaten. It was against the law. There was a dumpster in the back of their school and there was a homeless guy that used to jive into the dumpster and she would leave food by the dumpster so he could eat it. And they wrote her up for it three times because it's against the law. But Jennifer Maestas is punk rock. She doesn't give two poops about that, right? She did it anyway. That's what I'm talking about. And so Diego Bernal sees this and goes, there's no way this is true. And he goes to all the other 50 schools and he sees that this is absolutely happening everywhere. He said he went to a school in a wealthy neighborhood in a wealthy part of town. And he said that the counselor there said there was a little boy that used to come to her every day starving. And the way that she would handle it is they would walk in between buildings where there was a pecan tree and she would let this boy pick pecans and eat them until he felt better and sent back to school. But here's the beautiful part of this story is that the God that Isaiah saw had a plan for hungry kids all over the state of Texas. And he sent Diego Bernal and Jennifer Maestas to go on their behalf. And Diego Bernal went, saw this, went back to the state legislature and submitted a bill that I wanna show you that passed. It's called the Fairness in Feeding Act. And because of this story, any public school that takes funds from the state of Texas can now save their food that's unused and feed it to the kids that are still hungry in every school in every city in the state of Texas. How you like them apples? You see, the God that Isaiah saw, saw the hunger of those kids. And he said, whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And thank God that Diego Bernal and Jennifer Maestas said, here am I, send me. This next slide is a shameless plug for Jennifer. She has a podcast called Miseducation. It's super awesome. And if you wanna hear the unabridged, better version of the story I just told you, you can go there and you can listen. So the last story I wanna share with you is a personal one. It's about me, which is very awkward for me. And uh, it's about how I realized that God had a plan for tech and technology workers in this city. And so I'm gonna show you a picture that I'm really embarrassed to show you. And so if you look at this guy in this picture, the first thing is he looks like Jamal from Slumdog Millionaire. Uh, and I barely grew into those ears like three years ago. Uh, the second thing you need to know is that the guy in this picture is 20 years old. This is taken on my very first day at Rackspace. I got a job at this crazy company called Rackspace. I was 20 years old. This guy has no college degree. I still don't. He had no skills. He had no network. 
He had nothing of value that the business world wanted, but God had a plan for this guy. And I got a job at Rackspace and they gave me all of the things that I could have never got by myself. And over 10 years later, the owner of Rackspace, a dear friend of mine, said, I have huge plans for this city and we're gonna create a tech scene so that all of these companies can create jobs to hire the next generation of Lorenzo Gomez's. And I said, sign me up. One of the things that he asked me to do is he said, I just started this co-working space called Geekdom, which I wanna show you. And he said, we're there to serve our members. And so we started serving members one at a time. And for those of you who don't know, a co-working space is just like a YMCA for geeks. Uh, they eat way too much uh, uh, you know, Doritos and drink way too much soda and coffee. It's, it, it's, it's a little bit crazy. But they're there to chase the dream and find their team for that company that they're trying to start. And so we started serving them one member at a time. And one member turned into 10, that turned into 100, that turned into 1,800 members. And one company turned into 500 companies. And I started to get a little bit of the picture of what God had in store for our city. And then my good friend Randy called me one day and he said, hey, we're gonna buy this building and we think we, should, we think we can fill it up with tech companies. What do you think? And so he bought this building I wanna show you. It's called the Rand. And in less than two years, we filled the entire building up with tech companies, all creating jobs. And I thought, this is awesome. It can't get any better than this. But God wasn't done. And the next thing that happened was all these tech companies started moving downtown. And some of these companies started outgrowing that building and they started staying downtown. And I thought, it can't get any better than this. And then I got a call one day from one of those logos, it's called Cast Tech. And they said, we're starting a technology high school. It's the first ever of its kind. It's called Cast Tech. And we wanna put it downtown to be close to what you guys are doing. And I thought, it can't get any better than this. But God wasn't done. And then I got a call from USAA and they said, we just bought a 20 story building downtown and we want you to come talk to our innovation team because we're thinking about moving them downtown. And I thought, it can't get any better than this. And then one day I got a call from UTSA and they said, we have a new president and he wants to go to Geekdom and he wants to meet you. And so I met the new president of UTSA and he showed me this picture that I wanna show you. And he said, I have plans for downtown and I'm gonna move over 10,000 students downtown. I'm gonna move the School of Business, I'm gonna move cybersecurity, I'm gonna move cloud computing, and we're gonna do an amazing thing on the west side for all of those future Lorenzos, just like you. And then it hit me like a ton of bricks. The plan for downtown was bigger than Lorenzo Gomez. It's bigger than the governor. It's bigger than the mayor. Only the God that Isaiah saw can execute a plan that big. And I'm so thankful. And God is standing there saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Here am I, send me. You see, the point that I wanna leave you with is that if God can use my dad who was retired with some Folgers coffee and a folding table, if he can use an elementary school principal and a whiteboard and a state rep, and if he can use a guy with no college degree, the question is, do you think he can use you? Absolutely he can. The question is, he's up there and he's saying, whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Is there anybody here that would say, here am I, Lord. Send me. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. I thank you that you're a God that loves your city, that you want to use every single person in here to love the city because you love cities because they're full of people made in your image. 
Lord, some of us need to adopt the cubicle next to us and love and pray for them. Some of us need to adopt our neighbors, our apartment complexes, the dorm room next to us, Lord. You have a plan for every person, Lord. And I ask that you would have everybody here, that you would open our hearts and that we would see you the way that Isaiah saw you that day. I thank you that you're a God that's quick to touch our lips with the burning cold and atonement of our sins, that you're a God that wants to forgive us, Lord. I thank you for that. And I ask that you would open all of our hearts, every single heart here, and that when you ask, whom shall I send and who will go for us, that we would say, here am I, send me. Lord, I, ask, I thank you also for your son, Jesus Christ, who 2,000 years ago raised both of his hands and was nailed to a cross and said, here am I, send me so that we would be redeemed of our sins, that he would rise in the third day so that we would be in personal relationship with him forever and ever. And I thank you for that. And I ask that you would deputize every single person in this room right now to go out and love the city just like you love it. We pray and ask all these things in your precious name. Amen. You've all been officially deputized. And so I want you to turn to your neighbor and I want you to say, watch out, I've been deputized. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit citychurchdowntown.com.